Welcome to VCR, a Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. And we've got the three of us together at last hey. again for the best this of episode. The second threesome. The second threesome. <laughs> Hopefully many more to come. This yes. is my third threesome of the year. Oh, oh interesting. <laughs> it's been a good year. Tell me less. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Turn up. <laughs> you should be so lucky. <laughs> So we're doing our, our best of, our wrap-up episode for the year. Uh, each of us picked five movies. I guess we should go into criteria of how we picked our movies. Maybe we, you should just explain the rules. Yeah, the rules really quick. So we picked five movies for our top five list each. They had to be movies that we saw for our first or second viewing during the year. So, for example, I've seen The Thing a dozen times over the last five to ten years. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. We did it for the podcast last year. And if I didn't have that criteria, I'd pick that one every year kind of thing. But... This kind of helps uh, guide us to to newer movies. It kind of keeps us in like the theme of the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. Because we're trying to identify old movies for for new viewers, kind of deal. Mm -hmm. That should be our tagline. And and also, I did mm -hmm. mention the thing. So we're also doing movies because this is kind of our first full year of the podcast. We said we could do movies from the last couple months of last year that we did on the podcast. And I think that's basically the criteria. I don't know if there's anything else. Do you guys want to talk about like? how you came up with your movies at all? Like, was there any theme that you came up with, like, as you were picking them? Were you picking it for yourself? Were you picking it for other people? Like, I can weigh on that a little bit. Sure. Um, so I, because I love you and I love this podcast, I am coming in today completely unprepared. <laughs> well, in the sense, <laughs> let me rephrase, in the sense that, like, you know, when we did our draft um, with the three movies back in September, I really... I watched the three movies within a week or two. I had a lot of notes on everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I really wanted to pitch these movies well. With this one, um, you know, I don't know if it's turning 30 or whatever, but my memory is just fucking <laughs> shot to hell. It's like, been a rough uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough few years. But yeah, yeah. So, but I kind of use that to my advantage. One of the things I've been saying for years, and I think I've said this to you before, is mm -hmm. I think the real sign of quality is how well something sticks with you like mm -hmm. how well you can remember it after the fact because like we've all seen movies where you sit there in the theater and you're like that was great and then you leave you go to your car and you never think about it again right so i deliberately did not rewatch any of these movies mm -hmm. i'm just going on my own memory which actually now that i hear that out loud sounds really irresponsible but <laughs> <laughs> well I'm in the same boat, basically. <laughs> like, okay. I just didn't have time to rewatch all of the things or, like, try to write notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, with me, and that's something, actually, that you were mentioning, Mike, that Jason and I have talked about before. Like, I kind of base a movie off of whether it's good or not based on, like, how much I remember, like, a week after, two weeks after, yeah, yeah, six yeah. months after kind of thing. Um, If a movie doesn't stick with me, then, it, obviously, I, I didn't like it enough to... To appreciate it. Another thing I should mention is one of the criteria I used for my own little rating system is whether or not I rewatched it. Because mm. I don't typically reread books or replay games or rewatch movies, mm -hmm. but if I saw a movie more than once, like pretty close to each other, that means it was really good, or at least I really liked it. And that's something that will come into play for my number one spot. Cool. Wink. I guess for me, I would say like the way I would I think about 
these movies is would I have wanted 15-year-old me to have watched them? Like, would I write mm, this list interesting. for 15-year-old me? When and, you were getting into movies, like yeah, right at that yeah. critical uh, time. Yeah, like that's when I like fully like developed my love of movies, I think. Right. Like it like became concrete for me as yeah. like something that I love. So these are, uh, I kind of threw them together quickly, mm-hmm. but um, that's basically like all of them I would highly suggest to 15-year-old me. Cool. See, just to weigh in on that a bit, I'm actually kind of doing the opposite is would I want 30-year-old me to see this movie? Mm. Because there's a couple couple things on my list that are a second watch, but it's a second watch like 15 or 10 or 15 years later. So Mm. it's like, can I rediscover something and still love it or pull something new from it? Cool. I like that. Yeah. My my approach was a little bit different actually from both yours. Like I didn't really go in like having an idea of, of what I wanted to do with it, but what I what I came to realize is that all of these movies are A, they're really funny in their own right. And <laughs> and they're not the main focus isn't necessarily the comedy, but they all have really like heartfelt comedic moments. The other piece to this was they're all movies that I can't shut up about. Uh, So they're movies that I've probably talked about on this podcast over the last year. And if I haven't, it's because of this specific purpose, because I really want to shine a light on them today. Okay. Um, But they're movies that I've been recommending people. They're movies that I've been sharing with people, movies that I've even been just like rewatching with people. Like a couple of these movies I've seen two, three times this year. My first watch, obviously, being this year. But they're movies that I've watched multiple times with multiple different people because I wanted to share that appreciation with that them i know there's one specific movie on my list that i should have liked it when i first saw it but because of just my viewing experience i had a really bad time with it right so yeah i think i'm also taking the actual viewing experience itself into account cool i think uh with that Let's maybe get yeah. into it. Um, so we're going to do order of Mike, Jason, and myself starting at number five and working our way to one. I don't like my picks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost confidence. I see you last minute making changes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, can't, I can't decide, but I'll, I'll just go with what I have and throw in whatever else I want. Cool. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds like a plan. All right. Mike, uh, you have the floor, buddy. All right. Number five is I'm going to embrace my inner eight-year-old girl. <laughs> And my number five is going to be Pixar's Encanto from Disney+. Plus. I watched it twice this year Mm -hmm. within two or three months of each other. And honestly, I had a really good time. It was an enjoyable movie. I I haven't seen it, to be honest. The rundown is basically it's a family in Latin America who they all have superpowers, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like a family genealogy kind of thing. But there's a young girl named Maribel. Sorry, John Leguizamo is like the guy who's uh, like kind of brought it together. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, right. He also voices Sid from the Ice Age movies. Oh, oh, nice. Fun fact. So Maribel is she's like the youngest daughter of the third generation, and the deal is when you turn. I guess it's sort of vague, but like when you reach of age. Like your quinceanera or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. You get her, your superpower. But mm-hmm. what happened with Maribel is she didn't get a superpower at the age. Hmm. So the fam, she's feels left out because she's the only person in a family of basically superheroes that doesn't have superpowers. And the family is concerned because they're concerned that all the superpowers come from like this magic thing. And they're concerned that maybe the magic is starting to fade. 
So anyways, though, like it's a really interesting look at family dynamics Mm -hmm. and specifically Latin American family dynamics. And also like generational trauma is the big thing everybody in therapy is talking right now. And I remember watching this movie in my apartment being like, holy crap, Pixar made a movie about generational trauma. Like, and they did it tastefully too. Honestly, I had a really good time with this movie. I don't really have much to say about it other than, yeah, it was a good movie. That's fair. And you can watch it on Disney Plus. So you can watch it on Disney Plus. Also a plus. Stephanie Beatriz, uh, she, she's from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Recognizable voices. Yeah. She's Maribel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Alan Tudyk is also Pico. Oh man, Alan Tudyk is kind of a fa- uh, family favorite in our household. Jess is yeah, a huge yeah. fan of his stuff. I'm he does familiar. like uh, smaller niche stuff, but I'm always happy with uh, whatever he's, he's on. In. Yeah. Like Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is the the one yeah. that comes to mind um, with him and, always. Uh, Knight's Tale. Yes. That, yeah. Oh wow. Jason, it's your turn. You're up. All right. So I have a brand new 2022 movie for my top five or number five. Cool. It, just made the cut because I thought of it this morning. Nice. <laughs> um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, nice. Great movie. So we've all watched it. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like one of the. It was one of those ones that like I didn't know if it was gonna be as good as it looked. Right. Because the trailer was phenomenal yeah, when it came great out. Great trailer. And then like I didn't even see the full trailer. I just watched like little bits here and there because mm-hmm. it would pop up on social media or whatever. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then. I actually watched it and it was like, it took so many, like it took an amazing turn that was kind of gradual, Mm -hmm. but like also fast. They just went so far into this interesting area. Well, it's all about the, like, there's two aspects to it, right? There's the multiverse aspect to it and then there's the family aspect to it. Yeah. And and, and Mike, you described it really well, actually, Timur, earlier in the year. You said it's... It's a movie that's about a middle-aged woman having middle-aged Asian woman problems, and it's like what, like what movie, other movie out there is really doing that? Like it's yeah, just it's absolutely. so independent and and telling its yeah. own story. And like I actually, um, I may have been like a little wine drunk or something, but I cried a little bit like near the end, just yeah. like hurt like the daughter's um experience, and like like she depicted a certain thing, like within like mental health or depression mm-hmm. very well while also like it was such a fun movie so like yeah. it, had, it had the depth and it was so fun especially the uh like you saw those stamps in the office that the lady right. was using mm-hmm. or like there were awards yeah. i think there were awards and they oh uh, yeah. I, I saw it earlier <laughs> yeah. and i was like i was like that's a butt plug for sure <laughs> and then um the two like guys are fighting and they just do like a uh like a cannonball onto my block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so it, you've got the best of both worlds. You've got more generational trauma mm-hmm. and butt plugs. And yeah, yeah, it's like, so that, that nails everything that I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's a really, that's a really good movie. And uh, funny enough, Everything Everywhere All at Once is my number five as well. Oh shit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey. And I, I'll just basically add on what you're saying. Like the, the, it takes like a really poignant, spin on the multiverse in in the fact that evelyn wang's character michelle yo she is embodying this character who is in the worst possible 
life that she could be living out of all these multiverses and there's slight variances between all of the multiverses in the different directions her life could have taken and we find out that she's in the absolute worst one like the Um, most boring yeah it's not like hell but it is it's own just everything just didn't quite go right yeah like like nothing went right yeah it's it's hell in a a very it's hell in a very mundane way. Yeah. 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 Like, if hell is mundane, then they nailed it with this. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and so it's really interesting in that sense. It's, it's got like a ton of heart, whether it's the just the family aspects. And that's kind of also something that I think widespread movies, movies that everybody likes are often centered around families, uh, whether it be like E.T. Mm. or even like, I don't know, the Fast franchise. Like yes. how much do they talk about family in those, right? Family. But there's, there's that meme. aspect. There's also one one character or actor that I want to mention, shout out before I, I move on, is Kihai Kwan. Uh, I really missed him from my movies. He is, if if you don't know who I'm talking about, he's the kid in Temple of Doom. He played Short Round, and he was also the gadget kid in The Goonies. And as a child, like he was, he was the kid that I looked up to in all of those movies. Like he was really, really important in my childhood. He was the 180s kid. Yeah, he was the 180s kid, and unfortunately, he felt a little bit typecast as the Asian kid. He also like as he, as he got older maybe struggled to find work because of of that and and maybe that uh stigma in in Hollywood and it's really unfortunate because I, really I had no idea that movies. was him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when you to- when you told me that I was floored. Yeah, I, like I honestly like I really really missed him and it's so it it makes me really really happy to see him in movies again. And I, and he, I oh yeah, he was so good in this. He was he, amazing. He was so he's, good. Oh, His yeah. character Raymond has a monologue towards the end of the movie that genuinely almost brought me to tears yeah like like it's just it's just such a good movie and honestly i would recommend it to just about anybody yeah Um, yeah like 15 year old us would love this sure and uh for for the for the multiverse aspect and 40 year old us is gonna love this for the family aspect yeah and both for the uh butt plugs so (laughs) but besides that like another thing too was just like the like how genius the way they interact with the multiverse is. right like that was that was something i'd never seen considered in yeah it's any so many type there's so fiction. many original ideas and it's so, so original, funny yeah. how everything comes together as well yeah and like the paper cuts like yeah like, oh yeah. man that part was hard for like, me and like what did she do she like like spit in her grandpa's she, mouth or something she had to yeah she had to kiss the uh, oh, no, tell name? her I love you. She had to tell Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis' character yeah, I love yeah. you, yeah. and she had to do it sincerely. Yeah. And so it like it's it's such an epic moment. Like yeah. it's slow mo, and she's trying to like put everything into it, like all of her yeah. heart. Right. Yeah, she just, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis just does like a flying knee kick, like <laughs> knee to try and hit her in the face. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was Jamie Lee Curtis was also fantastic in the movie. Yeah, it, like, like there's there is no low point to that movie. It is <laughs> it is one of the best movies of the year, and it was hard to be number five. Yeah, <laughs> hot dog finger. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, that was hard for me to watch. That was, <laughs> that was the part where I squirmed. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But yeah. anyway, right. let's move into number fours. Mike, you're okay. on board. So my number four is one I've already talked to the two of you about. It's uh, last night. Yes! The Canadian movie about mm-hmm. the end of the world. Yeah, I was my second watch after 11 years, and yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about that movie. Uh, Blake, you said you've picked it up and watched it after I that. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it almost made my top 10. It just didn't quite get there for me, but oh. it was a movie that I 
I felt almost bad cutting, but at the same time, I was like, this doesn't quite make it for me. Yeah. Again, that's, it's really, I don't know. I mean, I, I said quite a lot about it during our draft pick back in September, but right. yeah, again, like I can't say enough about this movie. I don't think I've ever seen an apocalypse movie that made me feel as good as this movie did. Yeah, it's gonna... it's strange because it's so it it's there's a sadness to it, mm-hmm. but at the same time like you do feel happy by the end. It's it's uplifting in mm-hmm. a way. Like it's sort of and again, I I think I said this back in September like it's sort of a movie that reminds you of the importance of human connections. Right. Despite how finite all of our lives are going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, also just really fucking funny, too. Yes. Like, I, I very much agree. It, I need to watch it. You do yeah. need to watch that it. That was out of all of... I've watched a couple of the draft movies at this point, or I'd seen them all before. And so far, that one's my favorite out of all the ones that I didn't pick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think my favorite part is there's the, uh, the main character, Patrick. He has this friend, Craig. And they sort of have a weird exchange at one point i won't get into it for spoilers but anyways patrick it gets really uncomfortable and he stands up and he's like all right man i'll see you later and he heads for the door and craig's like no you won't yeah <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's it's a really small moment but i really i really liked it and there's a lot of small moments in that movie if if i remember correctly like yeah just, like poignant moments of of people you know having those niceties still but then realizing that it, nothing matters it's kind of like kind of like what we were saying about um everywhere everything everywhere all at once it's like it really captures the sort of the mundane torture of an experience like that mm-hmm. which again the movie doesn't dwell on it too much it's a feel good movie but yeah it really captures that yeah yeah cool okay jason uh so number 4 was the hardest for me because there's so many like Number five is like, yeah, it's pretty, it, like, it's pretty damn, it's yeah. like really up there. Yeah. But like four and. It's like, when it starts to like yeah, feel real. Four is where I'm like, anything could fit into four. Like, that's, <laughs> that's where all of the movies fit. Yeah. yeah. Every movie fits there because in comparison to others, whatever you're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I wrote down Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid first. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then Kill Bill. Because uh, I actually, I had watched that like way too young and I didn't remember mm. all of the details. So I rewatched that. Mm-hmm. And then North by Northwest. Man, those are all three great movies. What are you going to yeah. choose? Where, what's number four? Uh, well, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Is that like a four-way tie for number four? Three, it's a game time decision, yeah. my man. Yeah. You got to um, make one right now. Uh, I want to say North by Northwest right now. Then like Cary Grant, yes. like being like really getting to know who he was and like hearing his voice. Like I hear his voice when I'm doing things sometimes. <laughs> like I can't, I can't fully replicate it because it's so like unique. It's, yeah. So Cary Grant. Yeah. yeah. It's Cary Grant. But like I, th- I'm like doing dishes and I'm thinking about things and Cary Grant's voice. Like I don't know what it is, but like the scene where he was like drugged mm-hmm. and or like drunk. oh in the car yeah like him trying to leave there and just his interaction with like his mother mm. on the phone <laughs> at the police station and she's like she didn't believe him or whatever like mm-hmm. all of that was so fun. My favorite scene, hands down, is the one where he's out uh, waiting for the bus and we just. There's that suspense of like not knowing who's there yeah, to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that is like one of the highlight scenes of all movies in my in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. So like that was it was such a fun movie for like like and it's might be the oldest movie on our list mm-hmm. or at least my list it is, and like 
for how fun and amazing that was for how early it is like that's something that i would want to show like a 15 year old me yeah that's really cool and it really embodies like the best of hitchcock because there's so many cool twists and turns but it's also just in its own right like an interesting spin on like the spy genre yeah and like just like with all the fun that there used to be in it because it got a little Mm -hmm. serious in more recent years Mm -hmm. like it has all that really fun aspect that like certain periods of the spy genre have had like the the get smart period of like the 60s yeah yeah Yeah. i don't think daniel craig would have been a good casting choice back then well (laughs) he would be with knives out yes oh yeah i love knives out and i i I haven't seen glass onion yet i really enjoyed it i liked i liked the original knives out better but Mm. glass onion was very good in its own right yeah i have not seen knives out yet what? But I've oh, heard nothing man. but good things. That's Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Eh? Maybe it's on next year's list then. Maybe next year. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking my number four. This is a movie that Jason, you and I had never seen prior to the podcast. And it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And it, I had a really hard time putting it at number four. But I think this is the right place. It's the action-adventure thriller Jaws. Uh, ah. One of Honestly, it's an epic tale of man versus nature. The movie itself holds up so well that it, it so feels well. wrong. I was surprised, yeah. Yeah, like to the fact that there's no CGI, it's just a giant mechanical shark. And and part of the reason why it works so well is because the shark is is utilized in like a less is is more kind of approach. The movie itself, like this shark attacking the uh, vacation town that that the setting is, and it just throughout the movie builds tension in in a really interesting way like we were talking during the episode that we covered it on how that that scene where they're all on the beach and we just we don't know who's going to get eaten by the shark and you're like that person's going to get eaten that person's going to get eaten and then and even like brody the main character is like kind of like sweating like he's like in like a fever pitch yeah he's just like trying to keep it together yeah and and but on the flip side the movie again it's it's got some really great comedy to it there's some really great comedic aspects whether Mm. it's the kids karate chopping the picket fences (laughs) yeah being the biggest problem that this town has ever seen (laughs) before this yeah Yeah. i forgot about that part um or just as well like the characters themselves the the three main trio of brody quint and hooper on the boat together and and how funny they are and how their interactions between the three of them and how how completely different each one of those them are is. three people that have no business being in the same yeah. room together yeah, yeah and it works so well it's 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 one of those like things that like when you stick people who shouldn't be in a room together on the screen together you always come up with like really funny moments yeah and so i i just couldn't put the not put this movie in my list because of it being like a all of those aspects and how well it fits into my like my criteria for a good movie and b it's just like again, one of the most important movies of all time. It's it's Spielberg's first big hit, and and now he's like one of the most beloved directors of all time. He's debatably the best of mm-hmm. all time. It's um, also like the first summer blockbuster. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. So it, this movie is is so important to our lives and and our culture. And the fact that you and I had never seen it just because it was an, again one of those movies was, that we just we felt like we knew all the plot beats. It was a meme. It was a parody in every yeah like everything we'd seen like in like the early two thousands and like it's been par- parodied so many times, but then we knew we thought we knew also, what it was all about. Also, there's been like a glut of inferior shark movies ever since. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. It's almost like um, every time a shark I see a shark movie, um, it's almost kind of like. 
why would you bother, right? Yeah. Right. Like, someone yeah. already got it right. Yeah. So yeah. um one other thing that I loved about it was uh the human versus human interactions yes. where right. like, they're like we like we, we're going to keep this town open. We all need that money. Yeah, and the like, po- the mayor, the political aspect to it and all like, as well. Yeah, all of it the, feels all so of his real. Cronies, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly like it's happening still in the real world. Like that's, yeah, it was real. It's a timeless movie. It yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. All right, that's that's it for the number fours. Let's do number three now. My number three is gonna have to be Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Kids. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So uh, you guys did it on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. We did. I was not around for that. But you and I watched it together, I think yeah. in like June. Yeah. And yeah, I had a really, really, really good time with that movie. Like, yeah. um, I've recently been on a William Goldman kick. Like, he's the guy who wrote the script for that movie. Mm-hmm. He also wrote The Princess Bride. Yes, both the book and the both movie. Both the book and wow. the script. He also wrote like Temple of Gold, Magic, some pretty good thrillers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, like it's, you know, it's funny. I really got into William Goldman and he was a really like, cranky surly old man mm. when i watched him get interviewed and he wrote like a bajillion scripts and like a bajillion books and when he was interviewed at the end of his life he said yeah i don't actually like writing <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what i'm just so damn good at it <laughs> basically no but it was weird and funny but he i just like you know he didn't really think he was that good of a writer but he basically said he's like the only he basically said that the only two things he'd written that he could actually tolerate were The Princess Bride and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Wow. So they made his top two and it's making my top three. I feel like that's like uh like classic, like kind of like a, a genius curse where he knows like he can write well, but nobody else is writing as well as him and he's like if i feel so shitty about my stuff why does everyone else suck so much i might as well keep writing <laughs> basically <laughs> something yeah. like that like, there's yeah. something in there yeah it's yeah that's really funny so i read a biography about him and some other writer interviewed him and basically like <laughs> he'd write a book in one shot do no revisions and he would never reread it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy was trying to interview him for his biography and said like well, why did you do this in this book? And he's just like, I don't remember. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, part of the reason I love that movie too, because I, I like, I had to share that with you. That's why. That's like, it was a podcast movie that you and I did. That I was like, God damn, I need other people to watch this one. And it's a western, but it's so funny for being right, a movie right. that was made in the '60s. The comedy holds up so, so well, well in 2022. And it wasn't just like a parody, like Blazing Saddles no. or something. Like it was just like a. It, an adventure buddy comedy. Yeah. And like kind of the first buddy comedy in a way too. One of the first, like, yeah. Like <laughs> that scene uh, towards the beginning where Butch has to like, one of his cronies challenges him to a fight and yeah, uh, yeah. he's uh, get, he's like getting ready for the fight and he goes over to the Sundance kid and I forget what he says. It's just like, it's like, hey, are you going to bet on me for this fight? And he's just like, who would bet on you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford was. He was. His lines were just so funny. Yeah, like as like the uh, straight man and mm-hmm. like the the quiet one. Yeah, yeah. But all of his lines were just so much funnier than it seemed like he knew. Yeah, like, kinda. Yeah, that scene on the cliffs where he shouts that he can't swim and he's <laughs> yeah. so ashamed of himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Paul can't. Newman just like throws his head back and laughs like I can't believe this is happening <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. What are you crazy? <laughs> The fall will kill you. 
That is absolutely a classic, and I'm so glad that we got to cover that one on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. This year. And talk about it again. There you go. Yeah. I, I want to rewatch everything. Basically, yeah. yeah this is basically All the rewatch these. list now. <laughs> yeah. And it's just going to keep growing, just like our list of other movies that we should have seen by now. Yeah. But at least we're tackling those as we keep going yeah, with the podcast. Yeah, for sure. All right. My third was Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. I, like, I respected uh, Tom Cruise quite a bit for everything else I'd seen him in, but most mm. of it was, like, the... Um, adventure action movies that yeah, he's done that's who he wants to portray himself as yeah yeah so seeing him in this just like it was so nice to delve into like a real character with him mm-hmm. and um and just the story was awesome and like i i really liked that uh like all the names like lined up that was like one of my favorite things when mm-hmm. we were reviewing it on the podcast with like his name was like bill dr bill or something i forget exactly yeah but um Everything was like money related and power related. Right. Mm. It's such a, there's so much depth to the movie. And that's like just a note of how great Stanley Kubrick is, is that not only is he fantastic at his direction of like the camera angles and, yeah. and the, where the movie is heading, but it's also like just how deep every character is and yeah, how much there's yeah. there. Yeah, and, like, you feel kind of the depravity of the world with, like, the dark shots. Like, mm-hmm. like the world that he's going into is so underground, kind of, that, like, you f- and, like, just that time, too. Like, it feels like, like I don't know, 70s New York or something like right. that. Right. Like and a noir, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, like, the costume shop, the owner was, like, pimping out his daughter. Yeah. Like, Ugh. and you didn't expect that. And but then as you see this whole story unfold, you're like, of course, this is what everyone is like, yeah. like in this world. And it's kind of we don't know how far it happens in our own world. We see glimpses of it, but it's right. crazy to see it from his perspective. Yeah, it's really interesting to see it from the perspective of not being caught and not hearing the hearsay of what happened. It's, yeah. it's getting the direct look at like how power corrupts. Yeah. 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 That said, if anyone listening wants to invite the three of us to a eyes wide shut sex party i'm oh, totally down yeah, for that yeah. yeah i already have my costume <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome yeah i love that movie i i wish that i had put it on my top five and it might appear i'll talk about it later because i I maybe it ends up in my honorable mentions yeah it was very fun and uh so much symbolism and like like you can re it's rewatchable because there's so much going on yeah Mm -hmm. with all stanley kubrick's movies like he's there's a reason why he's one of my favorite directors of all time and he's one of the best objectively okay my number three is a movie that i haven't talked about on the podcast yet and there's a reason why it's because this is the one that i really wanted to talk about here in this moment and that is it because it's a new movie it came out this year it's called barbarian and it's streaming on disney plus it's it's a really 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 good horror movie you kept telling me to watch it yes it was too scary for annabelle like and i couldn't find time the basic premise of this movie because we haven't talked about on the podcast is a woman shows up at night it's raining it's so dark out and she shows up in an airbnb and things are not they seem and that's the opening of the movie and i cannot describe any more of it because i do not want to ruin it for anybody this movie is so good there's so many cool twists and turns that really just go in as blind as possible because it's something special there and there's two ways that i want you to go and check this movie out because it absolutely deserves your time is you want to go in completely blind and preferably see it as a group see it with 
a bunch of people, see it with as many people as you can. I've been trying to convince a group of people to watch this together, and I haven't quite got there yet. But Got to work on your pitch. But yeah, I've got to work on my pitch. It's not a movie that you sit silently through, and that's what most movies are, but... I, I watched this by myself, unfortunately, and, and I felt like an active participant even by myself in this movie. Like, I was I was talking out loud. There's a point in time when a character says nope, and I said nope at the exact same time as <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we both just looked at what was nope. happening. We were just like, uh, I, gotta nope. get, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and like I said, it's just got some really great twists. Like, the movie throughout the whole movie, it, it subverts your expectations of what a horror movie is and what a horror movie should be, and it preys on your knowledge of all that. It Praise on your knowledge of every movie, horror movie you've ever seen. Interesting. And and the performances are just fantastic. It's got Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. one of the Skarsgårds. He's the one who played It, the clown, in yeah. It, the It movies. You mean Pennywise? Uh, Pennywise? Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best performances in this movie. Georgina Campbell, a new actor. She just kills it. She's got a great career ahead of her. And Justin Long makes an appearance. Oh, Justin Long. And wait until you see his appearance. Uh, I kept <laughs> being it? like, isn't Justin Long in this movie? Yeah, and then yeah. he just shows up. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, all right. <laughs> was, did you guys ever watch Tusk? Is that what you no, were about I to bring up? I was actually just going to say, like, I was thinking about Justin Long recently, being like, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, Tusk was the last thing that I heard that he was in. But no, I think I've seen something else that he That's was in. That's the but, Kevin um, Smith movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where he, he turns into a walrus? Yeah, the guy turns yeah. into a walrus. Yeah, he wants to be turned into... Yeah, whatever. I heard I some pretty mixed things about that movie. Yeah, it's, but... it's something that like I wanted to check out, but it wasn't high on my list. Honestly, I'm a fan of Justin Long. I, yeah, I like his movies, like Dodgeball. He's pretty fun, yeah. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the one The college? The hol- Accepted? Accepted. Yeah. Accepted yep. was great. It, Die Hard 4, he's good in. What's the horror movie? I can't think of it right now. Jeepers Creepers. If, oh. That's a great horror movie from the early 2000s. Classic. So uh, everybody here, like everybody's, everything's firing on c- all cylinders. And and the key piece of all this is the writer-director of this movie. And that's Zach Krager, who you may know from Whitest Kids You Know. Which, no way. What? Yes. The, the <laughs> that's awesome. comedian, wow. writer-director, Zach Krager brings this all together and it that's ma- why this movie is so damn funny while also yeah, being scary yeah. it makes sense too i feel like like with comedy like comedy writers are in such like uh, they have to everything they do is a trick to the mind to make yeah. you laugh so they they probably could twist it just flip it over and turn it into horror but also like it's cool he kept in enough co- like, like comedy and horror yeah so it's most funny people are like severely depressed yeah, so they yeah, understand yeah. horror well <laughs> it's it's really interesting too because right now that the big director that's up and coming or or maybe not even up and coming anymore is jordan peele yes and, yeah. and his th- three movies his latest one nope this year and so it's funny to see zach Krager, who's also came from the sketch comedy scene yeah. kind of move into this horror realm and i'm really excited to see what he does next because this movie just it killed and this yeah, movie yeah. killed i i want to watch it i want to watch it with you guys sometime i'm down there's uh that just reminded me of crimes of the future with uh Mm. vigo yeah cronenberg Cronenberg. i haven't watched any cronenberg that's i want to watch this one because it's vigo and it looks so fucked funny enough cronenberg relates to this already because of last night he's in last night that's right um because he's friends with the director of the the last night so he makes the i have to watch that i'm gonna try and watch that he's a good actor too yeah i don't know i don't know how often he acts but he did a good job yeah and that's that's it for Barbarians. So let's move into the number twos. These are like, this is it. We're getting, getting there. there. I want a drink. Okay, we got to make a, a new drink. 
Okay, so my silver medal for 2022 is going to have to be Mad Max Fury Road. I love that movie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so a little bit of backstory. I did see it in theaters when it came out seven years ago, but I was in a bit of a bad place when I saw it, so I did not enjoy it. Hmm. But with the benefit of seven years and better anxiety medication, I (laughs) was in a place to enjoy this movie a lot more. Also, um, fun fact, I, for those of you who don't know, which is all of you, I've been working on a book for the last two years, and I finished the first draft on May 7th, 2022. I was supposed to go to a like bonfire that night, but then my roommate came home and told me he had COVID, so mm. I couldn't go. So uh. anyway, me and my deathly ill roommate just watched Mad Max together. Cool. And I had a really good time. <laughs> That's a movie that you want to watch it with as much sound cranked up yes. as high as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to rewatch that. It's so good. I, I loved it. It's not only is that one of like your your top movies of the year, that's probably my second favorite movie of all time. Really? I debatably my I first. get it. I remember um so it came out in like June of 2015 and then I remember watching the Oscars uh, in February of 2016, and Mad Max was just taking home all these awards. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, "Really? Like, it wasn't that great. Like, I didn't get it." I watched it again this May, and I was like, "Okay, I get it now." So you yeah. watched it, and you were like, "Mediocre, <laughs> yeah, basically." <yeah. laughs> but now you're the guy spraying the paint in your teeth. Yeah, yeah. witness me. Yeah, so. <laughs> what's that uh i'm what's that line it's like i am now carrying this i'm carrying this movie to valhalla all chrome and gold or whatever that line is yeah one of the greatest openings of all time shiny and chrome yeah Yeah, shiny and chrome like seeing that in theaters i saw that in a theater that had extra like surround sound Mm. like it was like the best possible it wasn't imax but it was the best possible sound theater that i Mm. could go see it in and when it cranks the engine at the end at the beginning i was like oh my god Uh, have a good time i have to watch the originals oh they're so yeah we have to do that on the podcast yes mad max 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time oh I've been like, yeah, I've been trying to watch it, but yeah. Also, what they did with Max in the movie, and I, I guess they do this with all of them, like the way how, like, you know, it's not really his story. He's no. just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's helping, but like. And in this one, he's like begrudgingly helping. Yeah, it's almost kind of like um, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China, yes. right? Yeah. Like, you're just kind of. You're a supporting character who just so happened to be promoted to protagonist. Yeah, it, I, I actually love those kinds of movies where like, yeah. like the person, like we're just like getting the viewpoint of like a person experiencing something insane mm-hmm. that like they they didn't meet like they're not like a Rambo or like a, like they're not like the the main character really, but like they just happen to be like in this insane world yeah Yeah, and like that said he still does have a character arc and like learns things but like it is kind of interesting the fact that like you know he doesn't really have a dog in this fight at first no but it's more just escaped but yeah he's got the heart right still and it's buried deep deep down in in this apocalyptic wasteland is Mm -hmm. furiosa yeah no it isn't it's coming soon okay is Uh, there a new one Yes, Furiosa is coming. I don't know if it's coming this year, but it's coming within the next two years. Is it the same director? Yes, George Miller. And it's, what's her name? Clarice Theron? No, it's not her because it's younger. Oh, okay. It's a prequel. 
I thought Charlize oh, Theron. I thought it was still her. No, I don't think it is. It might be her and younger. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, I have a funny thing. Um, you know uh, the movie Fury. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, every time it comes up on um, like Netflix as you're like mm. scrolling through or something, Annabelle's like, "Oh, have you seen Furry?" <laughs> <laughs> That's it's from no. something. So, oh, I think. Um, oh, uh, it's from a Zach Galifianakis uh, between two. F- oh, oh yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he brings it up with Brad Pitt, I think, or something. Uh, he's like, so furry. <laughs> and then, uh, so like, could you imagine Mad Max furry road? <laughs> Mad Max furry road. We got to do something about this road, guys. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with the road? There's all these furries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I love about that movie, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit because, I, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And this is the only time I'm ever going to get to talk about it on this podcast is... It's so visually stunning for mm-hmm. a movie that takes place in a desert after the apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. And like the the special effects. Yeah, like, they're all they real. Like the stunts, it. yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's there. Like, oh my god. And and even just like the little details of the like guitar the guitar guy. guy and like, oh my god. I think I don't know if this is true, but I think I read somewhere that like the studio really wanted the guitar guy cut out of the movie. I, oh wow! And it, the, I think George Miller was just like, no, like, it's fuck so studio. cool. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, the, fuck the producers and like shit that ruins movies. Yeah, because that's basically what happened to like Obi Wan. Like they had to rewrite it because of blah 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 blah. blah yeah. yeah, I will. I would say when civilization inevitably collapses, I think that'll be my new role. Yeah, I'll be playing guitar, reading poetry <laughs> <laughs> on a war rig somewhere. Oh my god, yeah, just pumping everybody up. Yeah, oh man, that's that is the best fist pump like yes movie yeah, like yeah. ever. Mm. Is there? Sorry, I've kind of commandeered this a little bit. Is there anything else you want to talk about about how great this movie is? No, honestly, just um, I mean, there's really nothing I could say that everyone else hasn't already said. It's just kind of this is my little redemption arc, you cool. know? Like yeah. I finally was like, oh, okay, you get it's it. Sort of like um, you know. Yeah, like I was where, gonna say something funny, but it's gone now. <laughs> where and who you watch something with changes it, and like, yeah, like, there's been a few times where like, uh, like Hot Tub Time Machine. Kelvin yeah. watched that with his with a girlfriend at yeah, that time. Yeah, I was about to bring up Kelvin yeah. as well, so I'm gonna yeah, tell that so, story after. Yeah, so like he watched uh, Hot Tub Time Machine with a girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. back in like whatever 2012 or whatever it was, yep. and he's like she didn't like it so he was like hey, it wasn't that good then me and him watched it yeah and we still quote it to this day yes like it's so much funnier when you watch it with the right person or like so much more exciting or whatever yeah. in the right mindset and, and my story is the opposite kelvin and his girlfriend saw dinner for schmucks and they were <laughs> like this is the funniest movie yes, ever i remember that and Whoa. just i watched it and we were like what did Whoa. they watch, did they yeah, watch yeah. different movies this yeah. is awful yeah <laughs> Oh, so well, funny. I can't trust a guy who has uh, never seen Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or <laughs> yeah. or, or like yeah <laughs> or 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 too many ors. We got to round that out. You did see Die Hard with him this year, which is yeah great. yeah. I finally that. got him to watch that. Yeah. So we can we can keep him around for another year because yeah. he's seen Die Hard. Yeah. yeah, he redeemed himself at the end of the year. Good. We'll keep him alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason, number two. Yes. Uh, so like, I really liked. I'm just going to preface this with I have this memory of watching from like around the corner. I wasn't allowed to watch uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, uh, hey now. I didn't watch it this year, mm. but uh, Hari Kiri brought yeah. me back to that. Mm. Like, like, it brings back that uh, 
like nostalgia that I had mm-hmm. uh, for like, and I still have to rewatch uh, that movie. I recommended that movie last week to somebody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like there was this one scene. Like I was way too young, and the, they have that like it's like a half moon um, sword type thing, and mm-hmm. she throws it, and it cuts into someone's head. That's all I really remember from that. But like, <laughs> whoa. Uh, anyways, yeah, Hari Kiri. It's it's like one of the best samurai movies you could possibly watch, mm-hmm. and it has so much depth to it with the honor system. And yeah, everything. it's like a mm. slow moving samurai movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and like I really like those movies where like you could look at like the whole genre from like a fanboy perspective, mm-hmm. but this movie is like telling you like it's not all like awesome swords and jumping shit like it's like like everything else there's corruption yeah 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 being a samurai kind of sucks sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah it's not all like being a cool redemption arc thing although he did get one so yeah it's still there but um yeah and just the the um like imagery and direction of it i Mm. loved like the shadows and the um the angled uh views of the close-up faces mm-hmm. like that adds this unnervingness to it if that's the right word yeah it oh that if if i had put that in it was it was definitely my favorite of all of the foreign films that we watched this year i really enjoyed it it's a great sunday afternoon watch yeah and it makes me want to watch more uh foreign films as yes well, and because, that director's films and, yeah especially kobayashi yeah my number two I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. <laughs> uh, who saw that coming? Yeah, it's network. I uh, I actually I had a really hard time with uh, my number two and my number one because I could have interchanged both of them. Um, this is the movie that I did during the draft episode. It's Sidney Lumet's maybe one of his most important pieces. Obviously, Twelve Angry Men is is also extremely important, but it's it's a satirical film about how the media controls how we think basically and 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 uses our own emotions against us to to basically sell time it's it's so so funny it's so articulate groundbreaking like it 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 predicted so much of where the media was going it's the basic premise is that a news anchor with nothing left to live for is is fired due to low ratings and he goes on the air and says that he's been given two weeks notice and at the end of his two weeks he's gonna blow his brains out live on the air the network at first is really mad because they're like how did we let this air and then and then the ratings go up and that's when they're like wait a second we can we can sell this we can sell the anger back to america and it's so so good it's a movie that a made me want to just watch every lumet movie ever made and it's b like just a movie that i've been talking about for the last like three four months and just recommending to everybody it's it the the performances are all like so so incredible it's got so many great quotes there's a there's a monologue later in the film that's one of the greatest monologues of all time and and it's performed with such such ferociousness that I rewatched it just deciding whether or not this was going to be my number two or my number one. And my jaw, even knowing what he was about to say when he enters the room to deliver his monologue was still on the floor when he performed it. It was, it's so, so good. The ending of this movie is absolutely incredible. It's, it's so cynical, but it, it just like, it's so perfectly cynical. It, I love it. I love every aspect of this movie and we'll cover it on the podcast in the next year. I'm sure. Man, I I am now like this is the first time since then that I actually like looked it mm-hmm. like looked it up and I actually recognize it 
I don't know from what. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen it parodied or what, but I'm like I'm pretty sure I've seen it like when I was like sick or something. It was on TV on like a rerun old movie channel mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It looks so familiar. It's a great movie. I I I'm, cannot I, recommend yeah, it enough. I, I want to watch it. And like I said, we'll cover it on the podcast at, in some more detail. So I'll get to talk about it one more time on this podcast, <laughs> I'm sure. All right, you get one more. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're down to number one, each number of us. One. This is it. This is the big one. Mike, okay. you get at, to start us at off. At the risk of drawing this out, do you guys want to guess what my number one is? The, is it the Batman? No. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is it new or old? Play a little uh, game Did we cover it on the podcast? No. Ugh. You and I have seen it together, but we have not covered it on the podcast, and it's newer. Like, it's within the last 10 years. Interesting. Yeah. Is it a war have... movie? Kind of. <laughs> you know what? I'll just, I'll rip the band-aid off. So, it is Jojo Rabbit. Yes! Yeah. I watched, I watched that it. this year. It was on my list. Nice. Two, like, great movies that I watched this so, year. So, I like I said, I typically don't rewatch movies, but you and I watched it together on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve of last year. Yes. And then I watched it again New Year's Day. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. So it does fit into this year. It does just barely <laughs> fits into this year. No, I was completely blown away by how great it was. Also, mm-hmm. like it really fits my I like things that are I like things that are a little fragmented in the sense that like I like things that like are stupid but smart at the same time Mm -hmm. and i like things that can make me laugh one minute and then make me cry the next minute so you like juxtaposition yeah i like juxtapositions like bojack horseman or rick and morty kind of Mm. fit into that too so like there's one i i don't really want to spoil it because i think everyone really should see that movie um and that's why thor love and thunder broke my heart this summer because i (laughs) expected better from takita watiti but he gets one but anyways um there's one moment towards the end of the movie with a side character played by sam rockwell mm-hmm. that it genuinely brought tears to my eyes yeah like sam was, rockwell is such a great actor he's, oh well. yeah he's fit like he, so he plays kind of a uh grizzled kind of embittered ss officer mm-hmm. and at the beginning he's taking all like the hitler youth kids into the woods to train them and he, he says something like I wish I could remember the line, but it's basically like, okay, so even though the allies have us on the back foot, we're doing just fine. <laughs> Where he's like, we're apparently doing just fine. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and yeah. then there's the little fat kid too. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he's he, great. He genuinely, when I was thinking about my best actor for this year, the little fat kid almost made it. <laughs> he's like, at the end, and he's I'm like, just a little fat kid, a little fat kid's body. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, like... He's like, I heard the allies are like gonna have sex with dogs, so we gotta stop them before they have sex with all our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, like, there's just some super emotional, devastating moments. Like, right? Yeah, don't spoil them. I but... won't. I won't. But again, everybody really should see that movie. Like, yeah, the, the um, Hill Hitler scene was pretty funny. Yeah. Just uh, like, there was, I forget how many. There's like, like 10 guys. Yeah, yeah there's 10 guys and they, they each do it like multiple times. Yeah. I think it was like 56. It was the most like on screen ever. 
it, it Jess was really conflicted going into the movie because she's like you know she's she's somebody who has family who was in World War II who fought against the Nazis. Oh, I did not know that. Who, so she's like you know like I, like I'm worried that this movie isn't going to do like it's going to glorify Nazism or it's going to like not do things tastefully. And by the end, she was like, "God damn, that was a good movie." Yeah, yeah. Well, they did a good job making the Nazis seem. Like incompetent almost. Yeah. Like um Which to, really did happen to yeah. certain degrees while at the same time they were doing all kinds of like absolutely horrible things that were not from competent. Well like, the other yeah. thing too is like there it also goes in a little bit like the brainwashing of like, yeah. you know, how yeah. good people can fall they, into bad yeah. situations. Almost the best character in the movie is so the little boy, Jojo, he has an imaginary friend named Hitler, mm-hmm. played by Takito Atiti. And yeah. the way that relationship develops and changes throughout the course of the movie is really interesting yes i very much agree yeah it's, it's so it's so like propaganda-y and and how it moves into like the realism of like and like that probably did happen to some kid like, like oh I, yeah definitely like, it did i had a pet spike that i talked to it was a railway spike because i just moved to st thomas mm-hmm. and i found it and like i had a little uh imaginary friend in this spike so like a, a kid at that age now that spike didn't murder millions of people but that oh, we they, know of they murdered an elephant very large one that elephant a jumbo coming. sized one yeah um, definitely the best movie i've seen all year that's awesome. and also probably in my top five yeah of it's all a great time. movie yeah highly recommended as well mm-hmm. jason number one uh yeah so this is like i could have went for like the best movie mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah but like, yeah there's technically the best movie like Thief is mine. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I actually okay. had that. Like, in, I have that in my mind so much, mm-hmm. just for his, his, like, him sitting down all tired out after that. Uh, the, the heist goes yeah, well. The, yeah, having a cigarette because I smoke, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> every every time I smoke, I'm like, like, especially after like when I'm feeling really good, mm-hmm. that image just floats into my mind, and I'm like. Like, yeah, like that, that feeling stays with me from that movie. James Caan sells that movie. Yeah. Like he is so, so good in that movie that it's not in my top five, but his performance is in like, if it doesn't, it's not number two or, or sorry, if it's not number one, his number two, like, and it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. He is so good in that movie. Yeah. Like, and the realism, like the, the, the depths that uh, Michael Mann goes to, to, like figure out what he's gonna portray, like the mm-hmm. like how he's gonna set up the heist and how these characters act. Right. All of those things just nail it for me because like I get I could be watching like some of the best movies like of all time and yeah. I'll, I'll see like small things, maybe not best of all time because this fits in there where like. I could be watching really good movies that everyone else loves mm-hmm. who isn't like a film junkie. Yeah. And I'll be like pulling apart little, like I'll find all the threads and pull them and I'll be like, ah, oh, I don't like that. Like, why would she do that? Like, I really love this movie, but if they didn't do that, um, I would actually love it. Like yeah. I would love it, love it. But like yeah. there, so there's nothing to pull apart from you. Yeah. Like there, each person is a real person and there's actual, yes. like they're, 
like it's with almost, real problems yeah and real, real like, problems real motivations mm-hmm. real like um like there's an understanding of who these people are by the actors and the writer and director yeah and and it's not gonna like it's not for everybody like because mm. jess was like genuinely upset by who james con was because he was kind of a racist and kind of a sexist guy but i was like but the guy spent most of his life behind bars like his formative yeah. years were yeah. growing up around assholes yeah. like like and this then, is like, who he would be. Yeah, the, and the like cl- like when you like I kind of relate in a certain way where like he has seen like the worst and he knows exactly what he wants and mm-hmm. his whole goal is to just get that because he knows it's possible because he's seen everyone getting stripped of everything that they wanted and they hold dear and everything mm-hmm. and he's like I'm going to hold on to everything that's in this picture yes. and I'm going to fucking get that yes. because he's like he and he knows how to do it and he's going to do it. And he basically does like he he gets rid of all the other shit, but like in the end he does get away. Yeah, and you're talking about like how great the characters and the plot is, but like let's take a moment to just appreciate the opening shot of the movie and that pan down of like the alleyway and it's raining and the tangerine yeah. dream is playing. Yeah, like uh, that you was and unreal. I, yeah. yeah, I know you and I watched that opening shot and went, "God damn, this is gonna be an yeah, awesome movie." Yeah, like I got shivers again right now. Just yeah, you like uh, making me remember that. Yeah, that makes me so happy that you picked that movie because I got you that for your housewarming yeah gift. <laughs> yeah and like you just gave it to me today and i already had like i had yeah. i had an idea of my list i mm-hmm. just was moving things around but yeah. thief didn't move yeah and then you gave that to me oh, so, yeah th- yeah that's a fantastic movie i'm so glad you picked that for number one mm-hmm. all right uh is it time for my number one mm-hmm. i think it might be cool butch Cassidy and the sundance ah, oh nice no yeah a comeback uh, comes back around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the movie right. that I shared with Michael yeah, after yeah. we did it on the podcast because, it, like, it's a Western movie that's based on a true story, but it's it's really not your typical Western. Like, it's it's so funny, but it's also, like, a buddy movie. It's, like, it's a movie that you watch with a friend, and I think you guys have a really great time together. You said it's directed or written by William Goldman, uh, who The Princess Bride is one of my all-time favorite movies, mm-hmm. and there is just so much of that DNA here. Like, this movie is, it, yes, it's a Western, but it's also a comedy. It's also a buddy movie. There's action. There's romance. Like, this movie really has it all, and it, it feels like the first attempt at The Princess Bride before, like, he... Before the Princess Bride yeah, was fully like formed, right? The, yeah, the feeling, like the yeah, the feeling is there, like yeah. the underlying elements. Yeah, if and if you're chasing the Princess Bride, I think like I really can't recommend the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid enough. Like it's so so good. It's got Paul Newman and Robert Redford, and and really the two reasons that blew me away with this movie and the reasons why this ends up on there is first of all the comedy for a movie that came out in the 60s just is still so funny so funny mm-hmm. like it's, so sharp yeah it's so good and then the other thing is paul newman just completely blew me away like yes. it's, it's like yes. no performance that i've ever seen before like i just i want I want to hang out with that guy. Like he's yes. just—he's so cool. He's so goddamn cool. And I love ranch, so I would love to hang out with him. <laughs> ranch dressing. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's the other like thing. Like he became—he stayed such a cool person overall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the thing: is that our generation doesn't know who Paul Newman is, and yeah, it's a real yeah. shame because he—he yeah, he is like one of the best actors that I've ever seen in a movie. Period. I love the scene where, like I mentioned this before. That guy is challenging him to a fight yeah. for supremacy of the like the group and 
that one guy says, he's like, well, Butch, you always said any of us could challenge you at any time. He's like, well, that's only because I didn't think you were ever gonna. (laughs) 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 Honestly, the quotes in that movie, like when we did the podcast, I couldn't stop like speaking. It's yeah, yeah, it's so good. Like, there's just so many great moments like that. And again, like the that fight scene that where they the when they rob the train and the same guy is in the train twice yeah. and like yeah, he's like Butch yeah. and he's yeah. like, oh man, is that you, Woodrow? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Butch, you know, there's no one I'd rather surrender my goods to, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they kept it up all the way to the end like the yeah. very end that just those uh like funny lines even when it gets like serious mm-hmm. they just keep at it yeah it's it's such a good movie it's a movie that i i've shared with people like shared with mike this year i want to sh- continue sharing it it's it's something that's really special to me it's my favorite western of all time it's, it's probably my favorite buddy movie of all time it's it's just so damn good i will say i'm i'm not I'm going to just jump ahead and say that my choice for best performer would have, I'm going to do a two-way tie between Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Cool. Cause like they're so different, but like you believe that they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense why they would have latched onto each other. Like mm-hmm. they, they probably didn't like, it didn't happen naturally. They just like bumped into each other and like, like just their, the lines that they kept throwing at each other. They're like, Oh, this guy's like, he's, right. he's challenging me to be almost like better at being like funny the way that I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like they're, they don't like just form into like one group. They're two separate entities that like revolve around each other. Kind well, of. And, yeah. and Paul Newman's character, Butch is, is the optimist. He's the planner. He's the one who, who comes up with the good ideas. And Robert Redford, it's like, he's like the quiet, moody, like badass who, yeah. who, who, who like executes on basically on, the enforcer. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like the comedic duo of Seth Rogen and, uh, DeFranco. Um, it's a weird comparison. Who are these guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just like it's kind of similar in that sense. Like, and it, it's it's special. It's it's a special movie to me, and I really really love it. Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, definitely the best movie I've seen all year. Even though I it's would, not your number one. Yeah, I would I would like. To, <laughs> it's I would, my number one. I would absolutely yeah. have loved to see that when it came out. Yeah, and and you know what? It's a movie that, funny enough, had kind of mixed reviews when it came out. That's right. But it just holds up like so well, and maybe it's it's because it was ahead of its time at that time. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but I I, like, I cannot recommend it. I enough. feel like people didn't have humor before, mm-hmm. like like the the general populace didn't understand humor, and now it's uh like it's it's evolved so much that when you look back at some things, you're like they were definitely ahead of their time. Well, I think audiences loved it when it came out. It's just critics hated yeah. it. Yeah. Which, that never happens. But <laughs> <laughs> That's it for our top five. Do we want to do some honorable mentions before we move on? Because I got a couple that I just couldn't quite fit into my list. I have um, one. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, prob- Just going off, thinking about Michael Mann again, I think mm-hmm. Heat is up there for me. Heat was, like, that, that was, was a good almost movie. my number yes. one. And, like, that would technically be my number one as best movie, mm-hmm. but not for me the way it connected with me thief stole that yeah yeah and i couldn't bump it to two because it deserves a number one spot it does and and for me i i couldn't quite justify it because it was i think it was my third watch so oh, i was yeah, like yeah. i yeah. really wanted it in my top five but yeah he's he's one of those movies that 
it it's so stunningly good that when you watch it for the first time you're like how have i never heard of this before yeah yeah and especially that the diner scene that everyone remembers from that movie Mm. yeah there's just so many memorable scenes like just even the way it ends is just like it's it's so poignant it's so sad it's it's just a it's a classic it's an all-time classic it's a movie that everybody should watch and more people should know about mm-hmm. absolutely um, a movie that i that hasn't I, so there, we've talked about heat we've talked about thief which just didn't make the cut for me nope the jordan yeah. peele's movie yeah i i rewatched it the the problem that i have with nope it's it's a great movie it's so so good i really love it but the gordy the ape scene just doesn't work for me and and in my opinion, I, on the second rewatch, I realized why it doesn't work is it comes at a really awkward time in the movie. Interesting. And I actually think that it would have worked out better as the opener for the movie. Cold open, Gordy scene happens, I think would have actually played out better in my head. And Jordan Peele is one of my favorite up-and-coming directors, but I just I couldn't justify it on my list, unfortunately. The I other think movie, with this movie, he came. What? He came. He's not up and coming anymore. No, he's not. A, yeah, he's not up already. and coming anymore. And, he came and, on the screen. And and yeah. I will continue to go see every Jordan yeah, Peele yeah. movie from here on. Every out time he comes, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other movie that I want to mention really quickly is Apocalypto. The Mel Gibson movie. I watched movie. the first time this year. It's uh, a Mel Gibson movie about Mayans in ancient times. Yeah, yeah. At a really interesting crossroads. And it's so good. Like the last 30 minutes of the movie, I don't think I breathed. I was on the edge of my seat. Jess ca- so I watched this one afternoon. Jess came home early for work about 20 to 30 minutes into the movie. Because I-, I didn't think she would like it. So I just watched it at that point. And so she started watching it with me and her and I were both like edge of our seats, like gripping how this movie was going to end. It was so incredibly good. It's, I will say it's a little on the gory side. So I I don't think it's going to be for everybody because it's, it's almost excessive how gory it is. This is um, Mel Passion of the Christ Gibson. Yes. Like. And I watched this in 2006. I was too young to be watching. Oh I dear. I remember like the brutality of it yeah. and like the, the whole like, mayan like apocalypse thing yeah. happened like it was it was insane for me then and i i would love to watch that again. it's it's worth a rewatch i trust me it's a fantastic movie but i just couldn't quite shake uh everything everywhere all at once out of my list for it i'm faintly disappointed in myself that everywhere i you know what? i'll say everything everywhere all at once is probably my number six yeah it's a great movie yeah i feel like we've kind of had a we might be in kind of a renaissance for weird movies yes i believe so what's that movie you told me about with the the little kid the little the little sheep girl movie oh lamb lamb i watched lamb a few weeks ago yeah i it didn't make my top five but that's another really weird unsettling slow burn movie i'd like to watch it i haven't seen it myself but i just read good things about it yeah it's it's one of those things where like it's very slow and weird but i wasn't bored yeah because like the worst thing a movie can be is boring. Yes. Yeah. But I was genuinely, the ending catches you completely off guard, but I wasn't like, what? Like I wasn't unsatisfied. Yeah. Like it, and it stuck with me a little bit. Cool. Pacing is hard and yes. you have to be yeah. in the right mood for an artistic movie. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. As long as like you're saying Lamb wasn't boring. It yeah. Kept you going. It kept me going. Was it a slow burn type? Slow burn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Slow burn and like, it's not obvious what it's building to. Oh, I feel like I would love that one. Yeah, you probably would. (laughs) Okay, shall we move into best performances? 
and how are we going to do this? Do we want to do... I kind of already blew my load on that one. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, do we want to Mine, do... Mine's a small joke. Do you have one person, <laughs> or do you have, like... My best performance is uh, the Iron Giant, um, <laughs> and it's, like... Uh, Vin Diesel? Yeah. yeah. And it's just... Oh, um, Earth. Yeah, like, what is it? Uh, I go, you stay, no follow. Yeah. That's the best performance right there. Cool. <laughs> so many layers in that one. Sentence. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. I so, all right. I'll do my top two, but I'm gonna co- mention a couple of honorable mentions before this. So Kate Winslet in Titanic. I can't okay. pick her because I've I've seen Titanic a bunch of times, but mm-hmm. this is the really first time that I I think that I've really come to appreciate her performance in it. And I think that I've underappreciated in the past, so I want to shout her out because she's phenomenal. Peter Finch in Network as a haunted man is is so good. Number twos for male and female, so Kiki Palmer and Nope. She's just so electric in the movie. Yeah. And she steals like every single scene she's yeah. in. Yeah. And then James Caan in Thief is just the depth to his ex-con character is he's so good. His performance is so good. And and people some people just aren't gonna get it and aren't gonna appreciate it. Like just it's it's so built in realism. You're not supposed to like this guy. You're not supposed yeah. to idolize him. Yeah. Mm. And and ugh, I love it so much. But number ones. Number one female, Michelle Yeoh. Her portrayal, just so many layers. Everything to it. everywhere all at once. Yeah, everything yeah. everywhere all at once. You know what? I did not prepare a best actress, but I will throw my hat in that one as well. Yeah. She and I want to watch more of her movies now. I I've yeah. never actually seen another movie of hers and and I need to. Like I feel like so I've good. seen a few and like she's always phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, she's she's got so many like there's she go like her she's acting as so many different versions of herself. She's like she's an action hero. She's like uh, a middle-aged woman who's having all of these middle-aged woman problems. Like she's just so good. Just she's such a tragic hero and it's so her performance is Part of the reason why that movie is so great, and a large part of the reason why that movie is so great. I wouldn't say she's a tragic hero though, because she learns her lesson. Yeah, but like she, I guess she's tragic pre 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 the yeah. lesson. She's a. Um, I don't know how to describe that. Probably. I, I get what you. As, I'm just as a non-writer. <laughs> I'm being a little. I'm being a little pedantic right now, so don't um, worry about it. But yeah, number one is Paul Newman for me and Butch Cassidy. Okay. Like, he's just he's just so charismatic. Um, he's like the most charming guy I've ever seen on screen. And, and he's the kind of guy that everybody wants to be friends with. Like, I just want to be friends with that guy. I just want to go on the hijinks that that guy goes on. It's almost like a D&D character who put all his points into charisma. Yeah. yeah. Like, because, yeah. okay, I won't say it because it's a spoiler, but, like, he's really only charming. That's the only thing he's good at, yeah. is being charming. <laughs> That's like uh, Cary Grant, too. Like, I feel like Cary Grant and Paul Newman mm-hmm. are, like, equal uh, footing, I would say. Yeah. He's, he almost kind of reminds, in that movie, he kind of almost reminds me of like Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul. A little bit. Almost. Like he that. probably yeah, channeled yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that vibe. Like from, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fighter, but I'm a talker. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to punch my way out. I'll talk my way out. Yeah. And that yeah. maybe, and it, there's like kind of like, I think most people can maybe relate to that more than they can relate to the fighter, right? Yeah. And so that's why it, it becomes so important to all of us. Mm hmm. There's so many movies that were so good. I can't, like, yeah. why are we, we're, we're torturing ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, well, let's wrap it up with Best Director, and then uh, we'll call it an episode. Okay. Michael Mann. Yeah. Thief. Heat. Thief, Heat. Everything else. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to see so many more of his. And uh, like you really nailed it with uh, Sidney Lumet too. Like yeah. that's those are types of movies that like I really enjoy. <laughs> so I want to keep watching his. Uh, but yeah, those two are up there. Kubrick, like yeah, obviously you know, Kubrick. Yeah, Sidney yeah. Lumet is is my pick. He's he just represents like what we're trying to do on this podcast so well. It's just find those those movies that have just slipped through the cracks of our generation's viewing yeah. experience and. And he wasn't even on my radar. Like as somebody who really appreciates movies, before we did that draft episode, I I never heard his name. Even mm. even despite having watched Twelve Angry Men and, and appreciating how great of a movie Twelve Angry Men is, and and the fact that he made like fifty movies almost in fifty years, and and how important he was not just to like cinematic history, but like to the actors themselves and how much they yeah, appreciated yeah, yeah. working with him. Like mm. he's just he's just such an important guy. And, and we didn't talk about these two movies, but I'm gonna shout him out again. We did I talked about them more on the draft video with The Hill and Dog Day Afternoon. Can't recommend both of those enough. So. I think for my best director, this might surprise you, but I might just have to go with Fellini. Really? Yeah, I know. That does surprise me. We did eight and a half. That's how I broke myself in, which was a terrible choice. But you and I had a lot to talk about with that movie, but we were both a little lukewarm on it. But that's one of those experiences where I maybe didn't necessarily enjoy watching it conventionally, but it's a movie that's really stuck with me these last few months. Hmm. So I would be interested in seeing more of his movies. I feel like he like influenced so many. Oh yeah, uh, like like his influence was so huge and like underlying for everybody who just regularly watches and enjoys movies. Yeah. But like for the directors and certain actors and like writers, that's such well, a respectable like pick. Yeah, there are like three or four, maybe more. There's like three or four big kind of more. I don't want to call them dream sequences, but like memories, yeah, dream sequences that like are very hard to look away from. Mm-hmm. Like the opening scene, the scene at the end, like the flashback scene mm-hmm. where he's taking a bath and wine, which again, I guess Italians right. just do. It's how they stay youthful forever. Yeah, I guess so. Whoa. We should we could we should do that. Uh, the term paparazzi comes from a character named Paparazzo in his one of his films. That's right. Yeah, that's that's he's an interesting guy. Add in history. Lesson so there. it was a journalist who was photogra- photographing celebrities. Anyways, so when we were talking about during that episode, we we actually highlighted some of the directors that Fellini directly inspired. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, there there was quite an inspiration there and they they weren't directors again they weren't directors that i appreciate as yeah. much but they are directors that are important like one comes to mind is uh david uh, lynch yeah david lynch uh tim burton like like those yeah, two like yeah I the, like see that. there's a there's a very big group of people that really appreciate those kind of films and are probably going to appreciate something like that although like i said in that episode too maybe that's not the first fellini movie you watch yeah maybe that's wow. not the first fellini you watch I watched uh, like the second Sicario. Yes, like, but it was it wasn't within this year. Mm. Fucking love Sicario. The first one's great. I and haven't seen the second like, one. Like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it, like he's an, another great fucking director. Like oh yeah, there's didn't so many man. Didn't isn't that new Pinocchio movie out? Yeah, like yeah. Three I was almost gonna year, watch and, that. Yeah, and one of them is his, and his is apparently the best one because yeah. it's so weird. Yeah, and that like it's Tim Burton esque too, which is why I connected those dots again. Yeah. but yeah. 
Cool. I Does, think that's it. Do we want to? Uh, I have like I, I just want to read off my list. Yeah, yeah. Too. I okay. want to read off my li- my top five as well. I think we should all do that top five. Oh, top five. Well, I was just, just our... gonna say everything. Uh, honorable mentions. Oh yeah, yeah. Do your honorable mentions, right. and then we'll we'll wrap up. Just each of us say our top five movies of the year, and yeah. then uh, we'll wrap her up. All right. So Tenant, The Woman King, Greatest Beer Run Ever was pretty fun. Cool. That was a very fun movie. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um. Natural Born Killers. I fucking love oh, that movie. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I got to do like the episode on that. Mm-hmm. Did we do a full episode? No, no, that, that, was draft, no that was that was a draft, draft episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it at some point. Yeah. Nomad Land uh was another really <laughs> good one, one. I think that one uh Yeah, won Oscar. Some, yeah, won an Oscar for what's her name? Yeah. She it was phenomenal. Um Francis not... uh McDormand. Oh, is, is that like the director? No, that's the actor. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that is exactly it. Yeah, she's married to one of the Coen brothers. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that was a very good movie. The Sisters Brothers with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, and, I saw that uh, last December. Yeah? Yeah, I read the book too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun one. It, not necessarily fun, but I liked I liked getting into that world. Thor Love and F- Thunder sucked. Uncharted. Yeah. Uncharted could have been so good, but it was it was okay. Yeah. The, like, have you seen you played the video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played them all. Have you seen the meme where it's like uh fans demand that uh they don't cast Tom Holland as Kratos in the God of War movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> He's pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I think that's it. So let's say our top five before uh we close her off. Um, okay. So my top five. Actually, let's start with let's do this in order again. Sure. Mike, top um, five. Jeez, what were my fifth? top? To first? Yes. Okay, so it, my top five from fifth to first would be Encanto, Last Night, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Mad Max Fury Road, and Jojo Rabbit. All right. Uh, my top five, number five down, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then I had Butch Cassidy, Kill Bill, and North by Northwest, but I eventually chose North by Northwest. It was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh Number three, Eyes Wide Shut. Number two, Harikiri. Number one, Thief. Awesome. I love your list. I love both your lists. Everything, Everywhere, All Once. Number five for me. Number four, Jaws. Number three, Barbarian. Number two, Network. And number one, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So Butch Cassidy made it to all of our lists. Yeah. 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 Even though I crossed mine out. But yeah, (laughs) mine was not a solid list. Like It was a very loose and... Vague list. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A, a fluid list. Yeah, fluid. fluid, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Yes. All right. I think that is it for this episode. It was a lot of fun doing our top five series. Yeah, it's I'm really glad... hard to make a list. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I've i missed probably at least 30 movies that I've watched that I probably... I like every movie except for the ones that I don't. Like, <laughs> but the, for the most part, I like every movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm basically only watching good movies. Yeah. That's true, and well, that's, except that, Love and Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, but like it was, it was good enough for what it is supposed to be. Michael I might have strongly different strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know, I know how bad it was, but it is like one of the Marvel movies that isn't one of the main ones. And Thor had done so well previously, and then they just dropped the ball. So like that's where like expectations going in. But if you had no expectations because it's another Marvel movie, you should never have expectations for the next Marvel movie. You watch it and then you decide. I guess I kind of feel bad. If we're gonna. This is now the Marvel podcast. Let's wrap like, her up with Marvel, my all right, all favorite right. cinematic universe. I feel like Thor: Ragnarok blew everyone away with how good it was. 
that Takeda Watiti in Marvel just doubled down on what worked in Ragnarok, but like too formulaically. Yeah, it's it's kind of tragic in that they're like, oh, this is what you guys want. Well, here's more of what you want. And I heard like, that he was almost like par- borderline parodying what uh, like the original Thor, but also just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing. I feel like that's kind of. I've also heard that same argument with Obi Wan, the Disney Plus show, that like, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not bad. It's just they were almost parodying the prequels, and I'm like, no, I'll I don't cut think, the cut I, that, that Stockholm that's Syndrome a, bullshit yeah, out. Yeah, that was like, bullshit. They, the writers got fucked on because they had to rewrite that like so quickly because they had a whole movie plan for. Obi-Wan, yeah, that's true. And then true. they they have to change it into a, a miniseries, a miniseries, and then like do. Like add stuff in, take stuff out, and then it just got cut to pieces, and we're left with like something that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. yeah as soon as I saw how many writers were on the first episode of Obi Wan, I was kind of like, "Ooh, we're in for a bad time." Yeah. I I want to say on the Star Wars topic that this year I did the machete order of Star Wars, and oh, yeah. I can't recommend watching it that way enough. Yeah. You watch four, five, two, three, and then six, and it just it just. What about seven, eight, and nine? And one they don't did... exist. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. Um, that was a fever dream. Who? Yeah. Uh, Topher Grace has. Is it Topher Grace who has a version of? He like cut together something that was butchered. Oh, the uh, Hobbit. Is it the Hobbit? I don't know. Oh, the fun. three Hobbit no movies. Topher Grace, to... the guy from that '70s show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's him. He he like it's like the machete kills or the machete machete ver- kills. <laughs> no, the machete kills <laughs> Hobbit order. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, like, oh, uh, which one is it? Let me find it. I think you guys are both having Tar- a stroke. Topher Grace Star Wars edit. It co- it, you might be onto something here. Oh, he edited together George Lucas's three prequel films into a single 85-minute feature film. And, Interesting. And it was fucking phenomenal, apparently. <laughs> yeah, like, like he, he actually, like, perfected it. Mm. And I wanna so I want to watch that. I still want to do that with the uh, second and third Matrix movies. It's still on my list of to-dos when I have time. I'm still yeah. blown away that Topher Grace is apparently an editor. <laughs> I guess anyone anyway, could be an editor. I guess yeah, so, just have yeah. to have the footage. He, he was, like... He was not successful at all, so he had all the time in the world, right? But he's successful enough to have enough money to be like, hey, could you edit this for me, buddy? I would say I don't know. our definitions of successful might be different because he has more money than you and I will ever make in of our course. lifetime. Of course. Also, also, we know who but, he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but That's a good point. You have no I've, idea who we are. Yeah, but yeah. I've never liked him in anything. I didn't even what? like him in that what? Saturday show. show was great. Yeah, the, the, it was great. Eric Foreman? He, he's, yeah, he's one of those characters that you just have to hate. You love to hate him. You love the show. You hate him. He's like it's he's like, like Ted. It's like everyone hates Ted. It's like Ross. Like yeah. you have to have well, that person. See, I Ross think Ross wasn't as bad. No, Ross is the worst. I think Eric. Worse. I think Eric is significantly more likable than those other two guys you mentioned. Yeah, Eric Foreman. Like a little. Bit, I liked yeah. Eric. I liked Eric more than I liked Ross, and I. I, don't I like know about Ross. Ted. I like Ross more than Ted, and then uh, Eric is last. Out of, okay. out of the three that All we're right, well, we those are some strong opinions, opinions here, yeah. Yeah. yeah who knew that this podcast I, would devolve into I liked how we all finally came together on Butch Cassidy and now we're all <laughs> praying again. yeah yeah we need to do this more yeah, yeah. like yeah, like yeah, just yeah. have like a free session well we, we got time at the end of this episode so I, should, I'd let her go we got yeah. 30 
episodes. This is, this is I think, 31. Yeah, we probably have 31 views at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of them are me. <laughs> no, Actually, mom, uh, all, yeah, we had a very mom. nice comment on the Platoon episode. Yeah, we did. Shout out to that person. Yeah, shout out to that person. Oh, wait, was it Luke? No, it no. was just a, a random person, and, uh, and we got well, actually good better, movie recommendation. Nice. Okay, it's better than I guess one. I of hope our she's listening right now. Our yeah. one fan. Yeah, we I, love no, you. Honestly, we have a couple. There's, there's like almost dozen, a dozen of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are dozens of us. Yeah. <laughs> almost a dozen of us, Michael. Let's not pluralize. Yeah, let's not. Let's not over. They're illusions, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to get back to the home. <laughs> Okay. That's awesome. All right, but we're gonna. I think it's time to wrap her up. Yeah, I think all that right. was a great episode. I had a ton of Oops. fun on this yeah, one. Yeah. Next up, Jason and I are going to actually. Oh yeah, that is our next episode, and we'll see if maybe we can do a third, a three person one again next way, week. Yeah. We're gonna do Gattaca. It's one of the most famous sci-fi movies of all time. Like very popular among like like sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. just not many people other than the sci-fi like hardcore people. Yeah, neither of us really have seen know it. it. Yeah, I've never yeah. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, so I've heard of it. Like it comes up in conversation here and there throughout like like the past five years of my life. I keep seeing it. And I'm like add it to the list yep. and then there's so many on the list yeah it's like it's like the inevitability like uh if a conversation goes long enough there's the inevitability that hitler will come up yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. if a sci-fi no. conversation goes on long enough gattaca will come up yeah, at some yeah. point that i thought that was wikipedia clicks if you keep clicking on wikipedia links any link you'll eventually get to hitler i think it's the law of hitler like if if a conversation goes on long enough with enough people hitler will pop i think up that's called point. the godwin's law is it? And I think I think Godwin's law is it, an argument on the internet that goes on long enough will involve someone being compared to Hitler. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm yeah. pretty I sure that's it. what it is. Yeah. yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun, fun Great stuff episode. to come in the next year hey. for the podcast. So, all right, have a good one, everyone. Right. Bye bye. Happy New Year. <laughs>